Welcome to Behind the Membership Season 3, Episode 3, and today I'm talking with Dr. Melissa West all about her long-standing yoga membership. Melissa has actually had her membership for nearly eight years now, which is an impressive feat in the online world, and in this episode we're talking all about how she went from burnout to setting up her membership with her husband Tim, how the membership has evolved over the years, and the importance of community and relationships in her long-term success. We also talk about how Melissa uses YouTube to attract new members and some of the things Melissa does to ensure her membership community continues to thrive, including how she's built a team of committed volunteers that help her with her membership on a day-to-day basis and a counterintuitive content strategy that she has introduced that is working really well for increasing engagement and retention. So let's dive in. Welcome to Behind the Membership with Callie Willows. Real people, real stories, real memberships. On today's show, I'm joined by Melissa West, yoga aficionado and the talent behind Yoga with Melissa. Thank you for joining me, Melissa. Thanks for having me, Kali. It's my pleasure to be here today. Yeah, it's great to get a chance to speak to you about your membership. I know it's been quite a journey for you. And I think it's seven, eight years the membership's been going for now, is it? Yeah, we first opened our doors in November of 2011 with... uh, We recorded a retreat that I had done in person and that's how we started. Awesome. So like that's a great innings for the membership and to get us started then properly, could you tell us a little bit more about what the membership actually is, who it's for, what it offers, that kind of thing? Sure. So our membership community is a yoga membership community and it's different from a lot of what you see of yoga in media and advertising and on YouTube because a lot of times that's kind of yoga for exercise and contortionist yoga and acrobatic yoga, kind of Instagrammy yoga where you're getting really great, awesome pictures of yourself. (laughs) (laughs) We're we're definitely not doing that. We're looking after, you know, uh, the whole person. We're looking after our mental health, our energy, our emotions and we're doing other styles of yoga so we're doing yin yoga which is long holds which focuses on the energy body and the deeper connective tissue in the body so as you age it's great for the joints and uh, we're doing restorative yoga which is great because a lot of people are really exhausted from the lives they're leaving leading not leaving hopefully (laughs) yet (laughs) hopefully not yet (laughs) we're doing yoga nidra which is sleep yoga which is great again because a lot of people suffer from insomnia so either to help them fall asleep or to recover from sleepless nights and we do a style of yoga called yin yang yoga which is combines yin and hatha yoga so uh, all that to say that we uh, look after the whole person. Uh, one of my members the other day just described it as yoga, a kind of convalescence, which I never thought of it before, but it's true. And uh, I have, we just celebrated 20,000 on our secondary channel on YouTube. And uh, one, I have a testimonial here that somebody left. Do you mind if I read that? No, go ahead. Okay. Yeah, because it, I think this really speaks to kind of our our a typical member for us and a typical person who watches us on YouTube too. She said uh, she found us when she was looking for inner peace and suffering from anxiety and panic attacks and other health issues such as sciatica. And your calm approach was a breath of fresh air. I'm in my 60s now and recovering from an extremely bad case of shingles. 
but I was able to find some peace with yoga through it all. I especially enjoy your outdoor yoga with uh, Tim. That's my husband's uh, videos of beautiful scenery and also your plant-filled room. I used to film in one of my students' rooms. She's a teacher and she gave me the keys to her house. We used to go in and film there while she was at uh, teaching. Um, yeah, so that... That just, uh, she says, I want to thank you for your style of real yoga for real people. She said she's been watching us for years. And you're the only teacher that made me feel like it wasn't too fast for me and with poses that I'd be able to do but not feel intimidated by. I shy away from group classes, but I felt a connection to you. You're so calm and reassuring. So this is something that we hear again and again from our students. So that, that pretty much sums it up. Yeah, I mean, that's amazing feedback for you to be getting as well. And so how did you actually decide to start a membership site? What inspired you to do that? Well, we, I have been teaching for a number of years. I started teaching yoga in 2003. And to make yoga, to make money as a yoga teacher, you have to teach a lot of classes and you have to have a side gig as well. So well, at least that's how it was working for me. So I was teaching 10 classes a week and that's pretty low as a yoga teacher. And then I also, my side gig was I was doing Thai massage and yoga therapy during the day. So I'd get up at six in the morning, practice my yoga. I would teach a morning class or two. Then I would come home and I would see Thai massage clients and yoga therapy clients. And then I would go out again at night and teach more yoga. And I'd get home at 10 o'clock at night and do the whole thing again. So it doesn't take long for that to become a recipe for burnout, which happened to me. And I got a migraine. It didn't go away. So I had to give the whole thing up and come up with another idea. And uh, just prior to then, we had started filming my classes for YouTube. And in 2009, we had started filming my classes for YouTube because people loved my classes. They were themed. And so if they missed them, they felt like they really missed out. But I'm pretty creative. So I was always coming up with new ideas for my classes. And so we started filming them and putting on them on YouTube. And uh, we realized that we kind of needed a business model behind it because we weren't making any money on YouTube. In 2009, nobody was a YouTuber. Yeah. <laughs> I don't even know if there was AdSense back then. I mean, there were three-minute videos back then. We were basically it was really short, yeah. Yeah, we were directing them to something else back then. We were filming on tape back then. I mean, it was crazy. It would take us all night to upload. It was like our videos were released on Friday then because it took us all week to produce a video. It was crazy. <laughs> but anyway, um, back then there was a podcast. This is really old school by uh, Tim Reed and James Schramkoll called Freedom Ocean in 2011. And they laid out all these different business models. And one of the business models was a membership community, business models of how you can make money online. Because I was online <laughs> and I was like, okay, I need to figure out how to make some money doing this. And the membership community made the most sense to me. It was something that, you know, I felt like I wanted to continually contribute and, um, and build and connect with the community of people that were connecting with me on YouTube. So I, I felt like that was something that I could do. And so in November of 2011, we opened our, our community. Awesome. And you work alongside your husband, Tim, as well, don't you? Was that always the plan or did that come along later? 
That grew organically. So Tim worked his own gig uh, in Toronto. We used to live in Toronto and he did business services and printing and he sold used cars. He did, you know, basically we were doing whatever it took uh, to make money and to get by. And uh, a couple of years into the, the membership community, so 2011, 2003 years in, 2014, a couple of years in, we realized, you know what, everything we're doing isn't location specific. We could be doing this anywhere. And so we wanted to stay in Canada and we looked on a map. I knew I wanted to move out west again. I'd lived here as a child. Uh, Tim... I, I said anywhere in BC <laughs> and Tim looked on the map and said he wanted to be on Vancouver Island. So we moved out West and by 2014, he came into the membership community business and, and helping with YouTube and everything full time. And uh, he, he hasn't really, he has some side gigs now because he does a lot of photography and stuff like that. But now it's like passion work, right? Before it was, you know, before it was, it was grunt real work, work. <laughs> real work yeah now he does passion work that he really loves yeah so yeah so three years in he came on full-time because yeah I really needed him I really needed the help and he does all our customer service and he does he does all the tech stuff and everybody loves them and I think that everybody needs a Tim in their business because for me, I do all the, I do all the connection with the community and I do all the content creation. And I think having somebody like that look after all the, the, the money side of things and all the customer complaints and stuff allows me to have that real connection with, with my uh, members too. So I'm not ever knowing about that, all that stuff going on. It's like any questions about that, just talk to Tim and then Tim deals with all of it. <laughs> yeah. And that's awesome. You've been able to work together like that though, and kind of have that, that partnership in the business, you know, obviously Mike and I do that. So I'm a fan whenever I see anybody else doing that as well. Cause I think it can yeah. work really well. Yeah. You guys never fight, right? <laughs> uh, oh, almost <laughs> never. Never, never anything to do with the business. So yeah. But no, you know, I, I love working with Mike and, and yeah, as I said, it's always nice to see other partners that are, are doing it as well. I think what works about it is that we each have our own roles in the business. That makes a big difference. And um, yeah, I really appreciating each other too. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, it allows you to focus on what you're good at. And so, as you said, if you can focus on the content and the community and Tim deals with kind of the more behind the scenes things, then it frees you up to, to do what you do best, essentially. Yeah. And if you can both really support each other in what you do, then it makes a big difference. Yeah. Yeah, it really does. And so... Obviously, before you started the membership, you were um, doing classes and things like that. Do you still offer other services and products or is it just the membership now? Yeah, we have one product. <laughs> it's our membership community. That's it. Yeah. Yeah, no, that's it. Mm -hmm. awesome. It keeps and us so busy. <laughs> I, we have no time. I don't know how other people have other products. <laughs> yeah. I think it's definitely a slightly different model when you have you're all in on the membership and it's full time versus when the membership's kind of just one of the things you offer. I think mm. definitely see kind of the way people manage those differently. Um, but yeah, um, so a tough one now then. What would you say has actually been your biggest challenge that you've had with the membership over the last seven years? 
Okay, so I would like to answer this question by talking about something that I feel like has been a hurdle that I've overcome that it's, and it's something that I really learned from connecting with people in the membership academy. And this is working with people. <laughs> uh, this is, so one of the things that I found would uh, be a big challenge for me for a long time in the community was that uh, the people that weren't contributing to my community in a positive way were taking up a lot of my time. So, you know, people that were complaining or having problems, they were just a, a, a big time suck. And I wanted to be spending my time with the, like our A-team members, the ones that were contributing and giving a lot to our community. And I raised this point in our community. Somebody asked in the community, they're going to be speaking at your conference. Oh, uh, Diana, Diana Tower. That's it. She said, what's the biggest challenge in your community? I mentioned that to her and she, and she just said, you know, there's a way to, and just the way she framed it, she said, there's a way to put your time with the people that are giving the most to your community and, and not to spend all your time on the people that aren't. And just the, the fact that she said it and just a little bit of discussion around it, it was like a light bulb moment for me. And so now I recognize when those things come up in our community, it's like, okay, hold on a second. Is this a person that's contributing in, in a really positive way in my community? Are they, are they one of my A-team? You know, are they making a big difference in our community? Or is this just somebody that's draining my time? And I can usually very quickly see if I need to put a lot of time into this situation. And, and that is, that's been a huge learning curve for me. It might sound super obvious, but it used to be, uh, you know, I would spend a lot of time with the whiners and the planers, even, even on YouTube, you know, with, with negative comments and stuff. Now it's just like, hmm, would I take advice from this person? Do I really care about their opinion? It's like, no. So then I just, I just I move on quickly from that and I go back to the people who are positively contributing to our community. So that's been something that has made a huge difference. And you know, as soon as I did that, our community, it just it flourish. And because you can spend a lot of time with people that aren't really making a difference in your community, trying to make them happy, implicate them. Yeah, yeah definitely. Especially if you're a people pleaser. And I think, you know, there are some times where as much as you want to keep everybody happy and you, you want all of your members to have the best experience, there's some people where it's just not a good fit and being able to let them go or not buy into, as you say, if they're complaining and things like that, being able to kind of be at peace with the fact you can't please everybody. I think that's actually a really important lesson for, for every membership site owner, I think. Yeah. And one of the things that um, really stood out to me is looking at my capacity too, of what I can offer. So a lot of times I'll kind of beat myself up and think, you know, I want to be able to help this person and this such and such organization, I know they would be able to do it. But then I look at what my capacity is in our membership community and I think, okay, my team is mostly Tim and I, and we just do not have the capacity to hold space for this person and what they need right now. And so we, we need to move on from this and let them know that we don't have that capacity right now. And, um, you know, maybe someday I will have a, a team where I can hold space for people that need more attention. But uh, right now, just given the resources and 
what I have. I just, I can't do it. And so just recognizing the capacity for what I'm able to do right now has been really, really huge and, uh, and not beating myself up for that. Right. (laughs) Yeah, definitely. And yeah, I think especially with a membership model, when it's that lower cost model as well, it's realizing Mm -hmm. as well, there is that limit on what you can, you can give to people within that kind of membership as well. So yeah, I think again, it's, as you say, important to kind of make that realization because it makes your life so much easier. Yeah. I think maybe if I give an example, I, I mean, uh, I think I'd hit rock bottom when I was in, uh, in a Skype call with a member at, with her therapist. And I was like, you know what? Yeah, this is like, <laughs> this is way beyond the, above the call of duty. here. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. So, that, that was a big learning curve. Now I would say the biggest challenge, and this is something that I've heard on almost every single uh, podcast that you do. You probably already know what I'm going to say. <laughs> do you want to answer for me? Uh, you, you say it, you okay. say it. Okay, juggling all the balls. <laughs> yeah, just there's so much to look after when you run a membership, uh, a membership site. It's like you're creating content you're looking after members and then you have to promote it all and it's like it feels like just keeping all of those in the air and even I have somebody looking after customer service and all the technical side and even though just that kind of whole big picture thing and it's just it's a lot to hold on to even just in your head and to keep it all going it's a lot (laughs) It's definitely not passive income. (laughs) It's not passive income. It gets presented as that and it's not, it's not at all. No, it's not. And I think it's important what you you said, first of all, about the kind of learning to let go essentially of the wrong members, because it is something I think, especially when you first start your membership, you want to keep all of your members happy and you know, it's admirable, but it's a fool's game essentially, because there's always going to be people that need a little bit more than you can give in the membership or who aren't the right fit and things like that. And I think getting to that point where you realize that actually this isn't where I should be spending my energy and it's okay for some people to need more than I can give or to not be the right fit for the membership and to kind of let them go. I think that can be a really important turning point. And again, when you tie that with what you're saying there about having so many things to do, it can kind of take a little bit of pressure off, I think, when you realize that there are going to be certain members, certain things that you you can't really win with. And if you're putting all your energy into that, it takes it away from other other things that you could be doing that would help more people. Yeah. And I'd like to say just a little bit more about that that's allowed me to have a little more clarity around that too recently is that I also look at um, my team and what we're capable of now. So I'll say, okay, it's just Tim and I. So oftentimes it's a question of exactly what you're saying is that this person needs more than what I'm able to give them at this time. And I think I want to be able to give them more, but my team right now is Tim and I, and um, we're not the two of us right now with what we have and the time we have aren't capable of giving them more right now if and I think sometimes I'll find myself comparing myself to like another organization 
and I think, well, that organization can do it. And I think, but I'm not that organization. That organization has this huge team. And of course they could do that, but we are Tim and I, and we can't give them that. And so I have to be really clear on what the scope of what we have and what we can offer. And just, and that makes it really clear to say, hey, you know what? we're just not able to give you what you offer. It's not a good fit. And and that was one thing that when Tim and I went over the questions that you asked yesterday too, he's, he said his big thing was that he would let people go more easily now too. Yeah, yeah I think that that's really interesting. And as I said, I think it, it's something, you know, most membership site owners will realize at some point or other, but it can take quite a long time to get there, um, I think. And I, yeah, eight know. years. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I'll be the first person to tell you that the most important thing to me in our membership community is community, is the people. And also the most important thing that I've learned is to let go of people. Yeah, it's, so, it's definitely hard, but... It's uh, the same thing, right? It's yeah. like the, the two sides of the same coin, I think, right? Because in order to value the most important people, you also have to be able to realize what you... Who you, who you need to let go of to, I think. Yeah, definitely. And so you mentioned there about the community side of things. So actually, um, I know you've just undergone kind of a, a big site revamp, but for a large part of, of the time you've had the membership, if I remember correctly, it was all run through a forum, essentially, wasn't it? So it was all kind of <laughs> community-based. Yeah. Yeah. So when we started our community in 2011 you guys weren't around. And so it was really hard. <laughs> and we didn't know about you until like when we found you last summer. Thank God we found you. <laughs> and uh, so we, you know, like as far as we knew, the best option to run our community on was V Bulletin. I mean, I don't think there was a lot else out there back then when we started. That was like the best option and it was the one we were using. But, you know, and we're a yoga community, but that was, you know, that site, that option was put together by techie nerds and our our people hated it. <laughs> they hated it with a passion for all the years we used it. And so it was desperately in, in need of revamping. And so uh, when we found you and we saw what you guys were running, we're like, okay, we'll have that. And we, we totally, um, we just completely um, copied what you were using because it it looked good and it ran like social media sites and people just kept saying we want your site to look more look and run more like a website and we knew that if it could run like other social media platforms that they would be a lot happier and so yeah you're gonna ask me what we're using now but you <laughs> no that, that's fine um but what I what I want to kind of highlight there is essentially you kind of you said there that you know members hated it and they found it difficult to use and things the the previous software but at the same time you know, you still succeeded for six, seven years with yeah. that tech, even though it wasn't necessarily the ideal option or, or what your members liked. So I think that's kind of a testament to the community that you built and what you were offering that despite the tech maybe being less than optimal and not what your members wanted, you still built a successful membership that that's kind of lasted the test of time anyway. Yeah, and I think that speaks to... Um, the kind of philosophy behind our whole membership, which is that we're about community 
And I'm, I'm always asking myself, what can we do together? And so even though we had this total garbage platform <laughs> that everybody hated, we were always doing things together. So in our community, we have something called the Daily Yoga Connection, and uh, we have monthly themes. So every week, and, and we have teams of volunteers in our, it's kind of hard to talk the whole you hold through the whole thing with so I'll try to do the best we have teams of volunteers so every week one of our carriers of the teachings brings one of the themes forward into the daily yoga connection and one of the guardians of the community supports everybody in that in the daily yoga connection and what they do is they curate content around the theme so let's say we have a theme um, like right now, our theme is uh, this month is myofascial uh, May because so we're doing myofascial release this May, and so they'll go into our video library and they'll pull out a class for every day, short videos during the week, and longer videos during the weekends when people have more time, short videos when they have to get to work, and then everybody goes in all week and they all practice together. They talk about their practices during the week. And so everybody's practicing the same class every day. They're talking about how it was for them. Our guardian of the community makes sure that everybody gets a response and acknowledgement. A woohoo, you practiced today. That's awesome. And uh, that's like one of the ways that we're doing things together every day, you know? Yeah. So that's a, that's a very community-oriented thing. Yeah, I love that. And I can imagine that that's really great for kind of not just engagement and retention, but also bringing those members together and, and helping members connect with each other as well. Right. And it takes, it takes away from the, also the overwhelm of like, you go to the video library and it's like, oh my God, there's 500 videos here. How do, what do I, I, I'm so overwhelmed. I'm going to spend my whole yoga practice time choosing a video. No, we've just taken all that uh, choice overwhelm away for, from for you. And today you're going to practice this. And if you don't like that practice, then do Tuesday's practice. We don't care, right? <laughs> just, you know, take one for the week, whichever is good for you, right? <laughs> but then presumably you still have that video library there. For, so for those people who do just yeah. want to come in and pick and choose, they can, they can still do that as well. Yeah. So you've kind of got the best of both there. Exactly. The other thing I find interesting there is you've mentioned that, um, you know, it's just you and Tim, but it sounds like you actually have a lot of your community on your team as well. So you mentioned there kind of, you have your gardens, the community and things like that. So yeah. they're kind of maybe not official team members, but essentially are helping with that kind of day-to-day -day community element of the site. Yeah, we, so we do have like actually a, a quite a big team. It's a volunteer team and it's, all come from the community. Right now, there's around 11 people on the team because that team kind of grows and yeah, kind of <laughs> shrinking all the time too. But um, because it's a volunteer, I don't know. I think probably even if you paid them, it would grow and shrink too. These things come and go. But um, that 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 team is integral to the community because we. And that took a long time to grow as well. And it's something that I'm super proud of. I mean, that every part of running a community is a learning curve. <laughs> and that was something that I had to really learn and grow into was creating a, a team of leaders as well. And so there's the carriers of the teachings. And so a big part of that team runs the DYC, the Daily Yoga Connection, where they, you know, they rotate through 
uh, who presents. We also have somebody who runs a moon phases section and she runs the, she goes through the waxing and the waning of the moon, which is really cool. I have somebody who runs a book club, some recipes, somebody who does a more kind of spiritually focused section. And uh, so, but every month we meet and I meet with them and uh, they get sort of a more close mentorship with me. And also, um, I just present the teachings that we're going to have. And we just met yesterday, but they also help me. So, you know, we after we presented the teachings that we're going to be carrying into the community for June, we sat down, we just talked for half an hour about, okay, so where are we going for July and August? And what do you think about this? And what do you think about that? And we just kind of brainstormed together. So they, they helped me a lot too, because it's part of that holding all the balls in the air and being the only one making the decisions. And it's hard. So yeah, they really helped me see clearly around some things like we were just saying, you know, well, really July and August, people aren't around as much. They're on holiday more. So, you know, there's no need to bring in a bunch of new content. Let's go back and mine the resources that are there and bring those forward instead. And let's bring, let's give you some time off more in July and August so you can focus on researching content and really bring some great new content forward in September and October. And why don't, why don't you do this content in September and October? And it's just really great to have that team around you to support you with that. So yeah, the volunteer teams have been amazing and they have special names and they're recognized in the community. And it's, it's, that's part of the culture of community too, right? Yeah, and I love that. And presumably you mentioned the volunteers. So did they start off as members and you kind of then elevated them up from the membership into that role? Yeah, they start off as members and and I kind of have some guidelines for myself around that now. I like them to be members for a year at least now so that they know the culture of the community so that I can get to know them well and see how they're settling in and see how they behave in the community. You can kind of tell who's going to really be active and and who's a good fit but you just like to see how they're settling in and and how and if they're going to stick too you know because some people can come in super gung-ho but um yeah that's that's how kind of how I do it but I like to wait a year let them have a good year and before I even approach them cool and so while we're on the the topic of community then and engagement then you know I can imagine that that community element actually means that your retention is quite good do you do anything aside from from that community to encourage retention or do you think that's just inherent in the kind of membership and community you're running yeah we do so there are quite a few things that we do for retention Um, I think, like I said, the 30-day challenge is the DUIC, but uh, another thing that I'm doing that I'm quite proud of, and I think it's quite different, (laughs) and even when I mentioned it to you, you were like, oh, I don't know, but you know your community best, and I'm so glad I did it. (laughs) So um, about a, for the last three years, I've been doing, I had been doing live, uh, we call them Dharma talks and meditations on Mondays. So basically teaching talks and they had been going really well at the beginning and then kind of 
attendance had been dwindling and I've been putting a lot of work into the talks, you know, researching the talks and preparing. And, and it was just sort of feeling like, okay, more like the effort was coming from my side and not as much from their side. And I was getting frustrated with that. And also feeling like I needed a break. Like it was every Monday and, and I would have two times to hit both time zones, you know, because you want to get Australia and you need to get Europe and North America. So it was just a lot. So I decided I came up with the idea of courses instead. And I was asking, I put some prerequisites on them. I was asking people to apply and I was turning people away. (laughs) So people, some, so I was like, I called them advanced courses too. So I wasn't taking brand new people to the community. I was saying certain people had to, if I felt like there was too much going on in their lives, then it was like, it was not going to be a good time for them. Maybe, maybe now would be like a lot of emotional stuff can come up when you go into this deep spiritual work. So it was just like, you know, now is maybe not a good time for this. Maybe another time would be good. Or it was like, you know, really you need to go back and do these classes before you jump into this work. It was things like that more than like, no, you're not qualified for this course. That was more the, 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 the turning away. Um, and also it was things, it was also with applications, it would also be me going into the community saying, um, why haven't you applied for this course yet? Because really you should have applied for this course. So it wasn't just me saying no to certain people. It was me saying to tapping some people on the shoulder and saying, really, you should be applying for this course because you are more than qualified. So that took my engagement in those classes so that to me they were always full like they had I I like my class sizes to be around 12 so they always had 12 in them and also it meant that they were engaged so I always gave them homework now too so it meant they were doing things between classes they were more engaged and they were more committed and so to me that made retention really good it also brought in new members too awesome and so to Clarify, those courses are included in the membership, but only available to 12 members each time. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that was the thing I remember discussing that with you and saying that, you know, would that put off, you know, all the other people that don't get to do that course and and things like that. So it's great that actually that's worked really well for you. Yeah. It's kind of interesting because you would think, I I get your point about that, but they kind of (laughs) self-select. They kind of of think, oh, well, I don't really have time for it this time around, but I'm going to do it next time. And it makes them more attractive too. Like, oh, I missed it last time. So I have to make sure I get it next time around, you know? And I I make them close too. So if you're not on the course, you don't have access to them. So it makes them really more special. Yeah. And I I think that goes around them. Yeah. And I think that goes to show as well how knowing your audience the way that you do, knowing your members and, and what works for them and, and how they'll react to certain things really makes a difference. Because as I said, I know some memberships where if they did that and they kind of had something that was just available to a few members or something, it would be a terrible idea. But as you said, 
for you, it's worked really well, both for engagement, retention, making those members feel special and also making other members aspire to kind of want to be in the next round. So that's kind of a complete win for you. And even to get new members to sign up. Yeah. Yeah. So that's been really cool. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So I I really like that that's worked really well for you. Uh, So actually you mentioned there about new members signing up. So how are you actually getting new members to the membership? What are your findings working for you for, for getting members in the door? So um, I think like our tried and true is the freemium model with the YouTube funnel. So we have a YouTube channel. We put out a yoga class every week and it, we funnel that into our membership. The, the best way we find is to get people on our mailing list. And so we have different opt-ins. We have a whole bunch of different opt-ins and we find you know, Tim kind of keeps track of all of this, but he usually finds that people that have become members are in one of those kind of opt-ins, email opt-ins. Yeah. So uh, that's, that's the usual way. But I do have to say that every time we change something, like you got to keep it fresh. <laughs> every time we change something, that's when members come in. Yeah, that's really interesting because I think, yeah, you can you can get something that's working really well for you. But after a while, if you're just doing it to the same audience, then it, it can get stale. It can stop being as effective. So as you say, changing things up, even if it's just, you know, I know sites where, again, YouTube, you just slightly change the style of the video that you're putting out. And even that yeah. can just make huge difference because it's yeah. just that extra kind of pep or freshness, as you say. Yeah, I, I, I really think just the constant change which it, it kind of drives me tra- crazy because <laughs> I like the I like things to be steady and calm but it's honestly it's the change that makes people the constant newness that it it just must pull different people in right you speak to different people in different yeah. ways yeah yeah, definitely. And so with the YouTube content then, do you, you know, you've been doing that for, I think, 10 years, you said, do you actually kind of batch create that in advance or do you work on a more kind of ad hoc basis with the content you're putting out there? Yeah, we don't batch create. <laughs> we have two channels actually. So on one channel, we batch create because uh, because we do long form content on our main channel. That would be, I don't know how anybody batch creates on long form. You're doing it today. I don't know how you do it. <laughs> it's just not in it. I mean, I guess maybe it's, it depends on what you're doing. But uh, for me, it's just not possible. So I have to do what works for me. So on our main channel with the long form content, uh, it's just, there's something about doing it in real time that's always worked for us. And as much as we try, we just it just works for us to to do it week by week on our secondary channel we do batch film because they're like 5 minute videos usually 5 to 10 minute videos and last night we were out and we batch film four of those so depends on which channel i guess cool and so i think um again you mentioned there you know that's what works for you and i think that's an important part of of getting to grips with kind of running your membership site is actually finding what works for you when it comes to content creation and things like that. Because yeah, all the people in the world can say you should batch everything, but if that doesn't work for you, it's not going to lower your stress levels. It's not going to lower the time that's taken and things like that. Yeah. 
Yeah, you definitely have to find what works for you and and not do what other people are doing. And that takes, I think, a lot of courage and it takes putting on the blinders and staying in your own lane. Or if you're into yoga, just keeping your eyes on your own yoga mat and figuring out what works for you for everything. Because that honestly, that's what's going to resonate with your own audience the most too. Like you can think, you know, like I think about some of the things that we've done that's most popular and it, you know, it does well. But anytime I come up with something that I think is, oh, that I'm excited about, but I think, oh, I don't think this is going to fly because it just seems, you know, too kind of out there. Our audience always goes nuts for it. <laughs> I love <laughs> so, that. Yeah. <laughs> I think you have to go for it. And the more I do that, the, the better it goes. Awesome. And so um, what is kind of a life as a membership site owner like for you now? Do you have a particular routine at all? How does the membership fit into your day-to-day life? Yeah, I think I was thinking about this and I think although most days are different, they're kind of the same too. And that's what I, I love about being a membership site owner is that there's a lot of variety and there's a routine too. <laughs> so um, I like, I love living here. We just live in the most gorgeous place in my opinion. And uh, we get up early. I like getting up early and I usually practice some yoga or meditation. And then mornings I like dedicating to uh, creative high thinking things. So usually content creation of some kind. And lately we've been filming either early or late. So we get the really nice light outside. It's because we're in the nice time of year right now. So we're filming outside right now. So we either film at seven in the morning or six at night. So we get golden hour on either side. And also then we avoid the leaf blowers and the power tools. They generally haven't started up yet. So that helps us a lot with that. I try to keep. Um, I also, this is something, speaking of things that really work for me, I tend to tire quickly. So this is something that I've learned. It's taken me a long time to learn is that I need a lot of breaks. So I take a lot of breaks. I use kind of an adapted Pomodoro. Is that how you pronounce it? Uh, I think so. Pomodoro. Yeah. Something like that. (laughs) Yeah. So I set a timer for 25 minutes when I'm working, especially on screens and I, I stick to that. I work for 25 minutes and then I break, but I break for way from way more than five minutes. <laughs> I need it. And I take that. So I'll go and I'll do a yoga pose or legs up the wall or uh, go and do some dishes or go for a walk. And then I come back and that's really helped me. And it makes the workflow much more easy. When I'm in a good flow, I try to keep my email and responding to uh, members and things like that to later in the day because it t- just takes less brain space, you know? I try to yeah. keep the really high-level thinking first thing in the day. And then I also really try to turn off the computer and things by 4 o'clock because if I don't, it really goes into my sleep time if I'm still thinking about work and stuff later in the day. So I really do try to shut it off by four. 
and and then it's dinner and relaxing in the evening. And I do have to say, Callie, you and Mike, you modeled us so well in the membership community. You guys, you guys have fun in your lives. Yeah. You know, you guys, and you you have fun with what's fun for you guys. You know, you you guys play video games. You watch certain TV programs and. And I really appreciate that because I think that each one of us has to figure out what is fun for us and just really go for it. Don't worry about what everybody else thinks, you know, like, and, and, and play to your strengths and look after your weaknesses. And, and, and then I think, don't worry about what everybody else is doing. And I, I, like, I think I can't believe kind of what some other people can do, but it doesn't matter what everybody else can do. I, I just have to look after me and have fun the way that I can have fun. And then everybody else, my members are going to be better for that. Yeah, I love that. And I couldn't agree more. I love the way you put it there as well. Play to your strengths and look after your weaknesses. I think that's a, a really nice way of putting that as well. Yeah. So I asked before about your challenges, but I didn't actually ask what's been your favorite thing about having a membership. What's the highlight or the impact that it's had for you? My most favorite thing is helping people. And uh, this has been an incredible year for that. And even just over the last little while, just this week, there's was a woman, uh, a longtime member in our community who was diagnosed with Parkinson's. And so uh, over the last few days, I spent a lot of time with her um, and talking to her about what her doctors have been telling her she can and can't do. And then we've been talking about how to make lifestyle changes and what yoga is going to be appropriate and just recommending certain books and yeah, all of that. And just being able to be there for her and letting her know that, you know, I've got her back. I, I really love being able to know that I can put in that time with individual people. There's, I've had two women in my membership uh, community over the last year who have lost children to suicide. Uh, one of them in particular, I was, I have spent a lot of time with over the last. Uh, few months that has just been a blessing to be able to know that because I'm in control of my time and I'm the boss of me I can just I can drop everything when I want to when I need to and just uh, spend time with her Um, there are a couple of women right now in our community that are recovering from uh, two different kinds of cancer one of them is just so thrilled because she's because of doing the styles of yoga that I'm teaching, she's really getting her energy back. You know, chemo just zaps your energy. And so she's just can't believe that she wakes up in the morning with energy now and she's not so drained anymore. And and that's just trusting the process and doing the styles of yoga that I teach. Another one um, had a, a form of uh, breast cancer that went right into her limbs since there's a lot of swelling and uh, she's just thrilled that uh, her swelling has really gone down because of um, some of the styles of yoga that she's been doing with me so just knowing when you get those 
these and these are the direct messages like they're not the ones that are necessarily getting shared this is kind of the more of the one-on-one stuff uh, i i love that uh knowing that what i'm doing and having this platform is able to have that kind of massive difference on people's lives and to be able to have that kind of personal impact that i you know that I do that all day long. <laughs> that's, that's amazing. Yeah. I mean, it's amazing the, as you say, the impact that you can have on people and that you've got that, that freedom there to spend that bit more time with members that need that help and things like that, and be able to really make a difference to their lives and have that knock on effect there as well. You know, that's a huge thing. Mm-hmm. The, the freedom to be able to spend your time the way you want to spend your time. I think that's, an amazing part of having, you know, of being self-employed and to take it and to be able to do what you want, like to, yeah, that's the best part about having a membership and, and being self-employed, you know, (laughs) just saying that, you know, I get to choose what makes me happy about this. And I, you know, my version of success is going to be unique to anybody else's and, for me, that kind of one-on-one and small groups and spending a lot of time with people, that, you know, that really lights me up. And so I love doing that. So I'm going to do more of that, you know. And when the need arises, I'm, I'm going to be right there for the people that need me. Awesome. So is there anything you'd actually wish you had known earlier or would do differently if you were starting again? Definitely wish I'd known about Membership Site Academy earlier. <laughs> I don't know what took me so long to find you guys. <laughs> I mean, all those times I felt so alone because especially as a yoga membership community, I think, you know, a lot of times I think we're supposed to, you know, the branding around it isn't like to be very business oriented, yeah. right? So we don't talk about that publicly, but we have to be smart that way or else we're not going to get paid and we're not going to be able to continue to do what we're doing, right? Yeah. So, um, yeah, I wish I'd found you guys earlier. But other than that, I think uh, I've learned as I've gone and that learning curve is so valuable. I know that Tim tried to hammer it into me earlier how important community was, and I wish that I learned that earlier, but I learned it as I learned it, and and I get it now. It took, it took me a while to learn it. It, it was, it, it was a, it's a hard one to learn. I, I thought content was most important, but it's not. It's not. Yeah, it definitely sounds like the membership now, as you've been talking about it, is very much more more focused on that community element. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so finally, then, I would love to know what's next for you. What are the goals for the membership? Where would you like it to be in the next year? Uh, my biggest goal is to run in-person retreats. In the next year, um, we, we have a, a couple of little things left to do with the membership redesign. On, on our main site and stuff but once that gets done then our next goal is to run in-person retreats first here on the island and then we have some key locations that we're looking at in um, Australia and Europe 
Yeah. Awesome. And so would they be for members or would they be open for kind of everybody? They're going to be open for everybody, but basically members are going to get a discount that means that their membership is free. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like yeah. it's going to be like if the member price is going to essentially be discounted so that the cost of their membership is going to be, the, do you know what I'm saying? Yeah. 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 Awesome. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. I love that idea. I'd um, definitely like to see how you, you do those retreats. Um, I always love that kind of thing and bringing in that in-person element as well. Yeah. So if someone wants to check out the site, where's the best place for them to find you online? Yeah, just our website, which is my name, melissawest.com. That's, yeah, one L, two S's. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. And I'll be sure to put that in the show notes as well. And so final thing before we, before we wrap up then is what one piece of advice would you give to somebody who is starting a membership today or thinking about starting a membership? I would say to focus on people and building community that I think relationships are the most important thing and to just really focus in on connecting with people and building. I, I think community is a word that's almost become cliche in any <laughs> anywhere it gets used. So build relationships, connect with people. And, and really do that. Don't just throw around the word community, but actually build relationships and connect with people. And, and then you will actually be able to, when you open the doors to a membership, you'll actually have people come in. Awesome. I love that. Thank you so much for joining me today, Melissa. It's been a pleasure talking with you and hearing a bit more about your membership journey. And I'm looking forward to seeing where the, the next eight years take you. Yeah, can you imagine? <laughs> can you imagine when we're celebrating a 20 years with a membership community? That's, gosh, that's going to be kind of crazy. <laughs> yeah, you've definitely got to do a good celebration for that one. Yeah, my gosh. <laughs> Callie. And thank you for joining me. That's it for this week, folks. Thank you once again to Melissa for joining me on this episode and sharing her membership journey with us. I particularly love how Melissa talked about learning how to let go of the wrong members so that they weren't detrimental to her time, men, mindset, or the larger community. And I love the things Melissa is doing with her community, such as her daily sessions and the way volunteers help her to keep things running nicely. It's great to see how she's actually evolved in her role as a membership site owner over the years and gone from thinking that content was most important to really embracing her role as a community leader. And if you want to check out more of what Melissa is doing, then be sure to head over to melissawest.com or head over to themembershipguys.com slash btm25 to find all Melissa's details and links as well as this episode's show notes and of course the transcript. Thank you again to Melissa and thank you to you for listening as well. Join me same time, same back channel next week for another episode of Behind the Membership. If you've enjoyed today's episode of Behind the Membership, we invite you to check out the membersiteacademy.com. The Membersite Academy is the essential resource 
for anyone at any stage of starting, growing, and running a membership website. So whether you're still figuring out what your idea is going to be, or whether your website is already up and running, and you're just looking for ways to grow it and attract new members, then the Member Site Academy can help you to get to the next level. With our extensive course library, monthly training, exclusive member-only discounts, perks, and tools, and a supportive, active community to help you along the way with feedback, encouragement, and advice, the Member Site Academy is the perfect place to be for anyone looking to start, manage, and grow a successful membership website. So check it out at membersiteacademy.com.